0: Some leftover wire in an abandoned radio shack becomes a fatal weapon in an unexpected attack. The killer flees faster than brick and mortar retail is becoming obsolete. Before their battery permanently drains, the victim scratches at a clearance sale sticker. Is it a clue to the murder? Is it a hint at the motive? No, it's Dying Message, the Detective Anime Mystery Podcast. Welcome to Dying Message, where each week we watch detective anime along with a mystery guest. Today's case, Detective Conan Episode 3 in Idol's Locked Room Murder Case, which aired in the U.S. as Case Closed Episode 3, Beware of Idols. I'm your lead investigator, Noah Max Levine, and you'd think that straightforward, but apparently my financial advisor didn't understand what I was saying because they purchased a Florida wildlife refuge on my behalf, and now I am someone who invests in gators. Nope. Mm -mm. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) If you want to watch Detective Conan episode three before we spoil it, you can find it in the US on Crunchyroll. You can also catch up on the past two episodes of our podcast where we talked about episodes one and two if you want. But you don't have to. You're a busy person. Do whatever you want. So, Michael, you are joining me as always. You're a resident anime expert. You continue to live with me and watch a lot of anime. And I just wanted to check in on your Digimon because we've talked about this before. But I feel like you are now raising more Digimon than ever. So
1: how many? You already know the answer is three. You already know the (laughs) answer is three. You're just calling me out on the podcast. (laughs) You know, I knew
0: that, and I also didn't know that. I'm raising. It could be as many as five. Two virtual pets and one fake Fitbit thing. And and do you have a favorite? Do you love one of your children more
1: than the other two? Yes, I love Magnumon the most. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and um, Michael, what do you have for us today? Uh, well, as previously stated, we have to talk about the end theme today, because that's what I used to do in these spots. I would talk about the opening end theme and we haven't been uh, following the pattern. The ending theme, the first ending theme to Detective Conan, of which there are like easily what, like 30 of them or something at this point? But the very first one is uh, Step by Step by a group called Ziggy. And if you look up pictures of the J-Rock band Ziggy, they very obviously are trying to all look like Ziggy Stardust. Like they've got like a (laughs) weird sort of like half-assed, like almost like a kiss energy at times. Like they've got weird makeup. And I think they eventually dropped that as they tried to modernize their image before they like disappeared in the early 2000s. Oh, no, 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 that's right. They were known as, temporarily, as uh, Snake Hip Shakes in the early 2000s before turning back into Ziggy and then disappearing at about 2017. Yeah, I,
0: I'm looking at a picture, and I like how they all have, like, different hair colors, but it's, it's just different
1: versions of the same look. Mm-hmm. But, like, one of them is blonde and one of them is a redhead. Mm-hmm. Their group formed in 1984, the year I was born, so their band is as old as I am as a person. Hmm. And uh, any other information you want to give out to our key demographic of identity
0: thieves? Uh, yes, I just lied. I'm actually 25. <laughs> Great. <laughs> all right, let's welcome our fantastic guest today. And I'm very excited to, to, to continue to talk about Detective Conan and, and all the things we've got to do today. But it'll be much more fun because we have our guest. So our guest this episode... Is a stand up comedian and improviser. She's a team member of Daddy Issues Improv Comedy. You might see her at Outdoor Stand Up in the Philly area this summer. And one time she solved the mystery of the Phantom Pooper. I've cracked the case. It's Siobhan O'Hara.
2: Hi, everybody. I didn't poop anywhere. I promise. (laughs) Ever? Um, Ever? No, you can't prove it. Where's the proof? You don't have it.
0: That's a great tease. for everybody to like stick through and listen to the end of the episode to find out what the story is
2: right i think it's a good one it's painfully boring however <laughs> the the name of it's great and what actually happened but you're just gonna have to stick around and listen to find out because mm-hmm. i'm not telling but i will later <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah there's there's the important things we've got to talk about instead which are the questions everybody is dying to know uh which is siobhan how much anime have you seen
2: I've seen, like, a good portion. I'm not as well-versed as Mike might be, but growing up, I definitely was informed by Toonami, Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, late at night when my parents thought I was asleep, Cowboy Bebop, Inuyasha, like, all those late 90s, early 2000s shows that were, like, kind of gory, and maybe not for me at 10, but here I am. And, yeah, I definitely have seen this show this detective show at some point in my life but it was dubbed yes i didn't watch it in order so i don't know all the stuff so as much as i kind of know what's going on i'm still fairly confused but that's just gonna make for a great podcast because i I'm really good at not knowing stuff, so <laughs> we'll just keep that train chugging.
1: It did a stint on Adult Swim, so that's probably where you caught it.
2: Exactly, Shabon, yeah. would
1: you be would you be shocked to learn there is currently airing a sequel to Inuyasha about his, uh, his and Kagome's two children?
2: What? Do wait, they get together? That's like my original Chim and Pam. Oh my god, <laughs> that's awesome! I did not know that. No, um, you might be interested in knowing this, but right now. My partner and I are going through Attack on Titan. Uh, it's mm. his first time watching it. And I am just like glued at watching the show, obviously, but also watching him watch it. I'm like, oh. so <laughs> this is very exciting, very exciting anime time in my life.
0: Hmm. I'm still over here Googling Jim and Pam. No, I know that they're from The Office, but I haven't
1: seen that. I haven't that. even seen The Office, no, and I know from Jim and Pam. Yeah, Come on. I know. I also <laughs> haven't seen Inu Yasha, so I'm Googling that too.
2: <laughs> All right. I now know that none of us have anything in common, so this podcast, is the chemistry is right. going to be great.
0: <laughs> we just go our separate ways. We'll right, each release bye, a separate cut of the podcast episode that's just us. <laughs> 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 that's so funny that you've seen it before, and- I also watched it first as the dub. And the, sometimes the choices of names and other things like that are, are kind of shocking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Right. I definitely think that there's a little disconnect between the subtitles and the dub. And for I like watching the subtitles because it might be a little bit more choppy in terms of translation, but you're getting all of the meaning and the feeling behind it. And whatever else you don't pick up on, you can watch through the animation because it's also a very visual story. So you can do that as well. Also, watching very Japanese characters be like, "Hi, Mary Sue," it's like that's not your name. That's
1: not your <laughs> name. Also, a lot of a lot of the dub companies these days try to insert like just shoehorn in whatever like internet jokes they can come up with. Like the line might be, "Oh, you're such an idiot," but they'll, they'll dub it like, "Oh, you're like an Elon Musk fan." Like what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Suck at <it>, Elon Musk. <laughs>
1: Yeah, here in America we don't understand what
0: an idiot is anymore. Our only reference point is Elon Musk. <laughs> I only I only understand things
1: through internet humor. So,
0: so I'm curious to hear as we go through like if it strikes what if what what you remember and how this compared and yeah, what what parts were still confusing. But the uh, the other thing we do here is mystery stuff. So, how do you feel? Are you a fan of mysteries, novels, TV shows, podcasts, uh radio drama?
2: Yes. Yes, all of it. I have been watching Unsolved Mysteries since the start of the um, the pandemic. I've been more so watching... I, I want to watch things that provoke my brain to do something, and as much as watching The Office a hundred times is great, I, I can't do it. So I've been watching Unsolved Mysteries because... Let's face it, I'm going to be the one to crack the code. We all know this to be true. (laughs) The detectives and all their resources couldn't, but me and my giant bottle of wine will. (laughs) And watching different um, murder documentaries. So trying to follow that along as well, like Making a Murderer, um, The Innocent Men, The Monster Next Door. All those things, a lot of them are, are on Netflix and stuff, so they're easy they're not easy to watch because it's pretty gory, but you know, <laughs> nice uh something to stimulate your brain while you're also doing other things around the house. So I very much am into like the whole mystery and drama, criminal minds thing.
0: You've mentioned some true crime stuff. Do you also like procedural stuff, or you know, like? um
2: can I just say I don't know what procedural stuff means?
0: Like, I'm just a little dumb. <laughs> procedural stuff like your CSIs and your SVUs and sort of Oh, sure, like Law and & order, order
2: and stuff like that. Although I have been – the one that I've been watching the most is – and I'm not knocking it because it's a comedy, but Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I've just been watching that more so. Law & Order has always been there since my childhood, um, like my grandparents watching it and my parents watching it and me watching it on a sick day in bed and everybody's like, oh, I watched – Wheel of Fortune, or not Wheel of Fortune. What's the morning one?
1: Is there a morning Wheel of Fortune? Breakfast Bowl of Fortune.
2: No, the um, Price is Right. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, I watched the Price is Right as a kid. I was like, I watched a lot of Law and
0: Order as a child on my sick days. You're like ahead of the game because you've actually seen this show before. You've watched a decent amount of anime, a whole bunch of mysteries. Other than having caught Case Closed as it would have been when you saw it. Have you ever seen any other mystery anime?
2: I No, I don't think so. I think that this has been the only one. Are there a lot of other ones?
0: The, yes and no. Got it. Okay. There are some. Like the, the big shows that have caught on in, in the US and the shows that are like murder mystery detective shows are separate Bubbles. But speaking of Bubbles, who is my favorite Powerpuff girl, Oh, shocking. Mike can give us a powerful introduction into this anime that
1: we're watching today. What does the folks at home need to know about Detective Conan? Okay, well, Detective Conan is about high school detective Kudo Shinichi. When he went to an amusement park with his childhood friend, Ron, he saw a suspicious transaction with a man dressed in black. He was so absorbed in watching the deal, he didn't notice the man's accomplice ambush him from behind. The man gave him some strange poison, and when he woke up, his body had shrunk. If they found out Kudo Shinichi was still alive, they'd come after him and put his family and friends in danger. Following Professor Agasa's advice to hide his identity, he hastily answered Edagawa Conan when Ron asked him for his name. He decided to stay with Ron, whose father is a detective, to gather more information about the men in black. Even though his body's gotten smaller, his mind is still the same. He leaves no crime unsolved. Shinjitsu wa hitotsu. And that's the only time I'll ever do that whole thing. My god. <laughs> <laughs> Did you... Did you copy that down from like the beginning of a movie? I made it third person, but yes, that's the, that's the typical movie introduction to what the hell is going on in this world. <laughs> He's a child. He's got the mind of a high school
0: detective.
2: A famous 17-year-old high school detective.
0: <laughs> Japan's a small country. <laughs> this notion of like a high school detective seems to be a big a big recurring thing in like these shows. And yeah, it's, it's not as much of a thing. Or here, except for like Veronica Mars, I guess. Mm.
2: Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I never looked at, I was very critical when I saw that. I was like, what are you talking about? But okay,
0: yeah. But she wasn't like nationally famous.
2: Well, that's the thing. They use the adjective famous, like he's some sort of like the Sherlock Holmes of whatever, like junior grade in high school.
0: It's like, (laughs) all right, well. Yeah, I feel like being known as the Sherlock Holmes of your high school would be like a bad thing. If you had that <laughs> reputation, like you'd walk into the room and people would be like, ugh, that guy.
2: Like, how do you not get beat up every day <laughs> in high school?
0: So, the first thing to talk about, of course, when we talk about this episode of anime, and we did our deep dive last week, but Siobhan, the opening song, what'd you think?
2: Oh, man. All right. I wrote a lot down uh, because there's a lot of information to take in. They don't give you a second, they don't build up the music for it. It's like immediately. This is my name. This is who I am. This is who attacked me. It was the men in black. Uh, Not not Gary Lee Jones or Will Smith. It's other people. And then it goes into the whole like crescendo of music, which is great. But I had to rewatch it like three times to be like, who? All right. Who is everyone? And... I think that the song was fun and I think that the everything in the show is fun, even as like critical as I'm going to be about certain things. It's a good time overall. I just it distresses me that this child at some point in this series, as given to us by the opening, is going to save someone from a crumbling staircase into a dark <laughs> hole. Like and he is her only salvation and he's a child. And this woman is, a am guessing, a high school lady. She's in high school as well. Yes. She's got to be heavier.
1: (laughs) And I don't know,
2: what would she have done if this kid wasn't there? That was distressing.
0: That that scene is a metaphor, but I do think in the, you know, uh, the thousandth episode of this show just aired and there's like 25 plus movies. Mm -hmm. He has absolutely like caught her as she's falling off the side
1: of a building before.
2: Thank God this eight-year-old's here because I'd be dead a hundred (laughs) times.
1: Oh, there was the time he uh, grabbed onto the landing gear of a plane as it was lifting into the air and then rode in the landing gear the entire plane trip and almost froze to death. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) This cartoon is irresponsible.
0: Also, didn't he jump out of a blimp in that blimp movie?
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. (laughs)
2: All right, y'all are making the stairs sound like nothing. So apparently it goes – its there's nowhere but up to go from the stairs.
1: Nowhere but up from it's the stairs. It's
2: true. Also, a, a quote from the song that I wrote down, because I feel like I gravitated toward it a lot, is, I'm not a hotshot nor especially great. All I understand is the pounding of my own heart. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's me. I'm not super great <laughs> or <laughs> especially fantastic at anything, but I'm here. I wouldn't probably not save a whole bunch of people's lives putting my own life on the line, but this kid will, so that's nice for him.
0: <laughs> I'm qualified by the nature of having a pulse. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. That's
2: it. And if that's all I need, I'm here. I'm rocking it.
0: Did you, did, was this song familiar at all? Because the English version Oof. is an English cover of this song, essentially.
2: It did not sound familiar. Is it, would it be somebody I know? Is it Fall Out Boy? What's going on? What's <laughs> happening?
1: No. When they did the dub that appeared on Adult Swim, they tried to do English versions of the opening song and ending song, and it wasn't anyone, like it was just one of the voice actors.
2: I didn't know if like Bare Naked Ladies actually wrote that song, and I should not be making fun of it.
1: <laughs> no, but it, apparently,
0: Simple Plan did what? What's New Scooby-Doo? Mm-hmm.
2: What? Okay. I'll, I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to believe it. I'm going to run with it.
0: Speaking of a more complicated plan.
2: These segues. I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yeah, this is only episode three of this show. So there is like certainly some background you missed in episode one and episode two, like mm-hmm. him getting poisoned in the, at the end of the first episode. And the second episode, um, he shacks up with his actual kind of girlfriend. He just decides to start living with her.
2: Okay. How does that work? Was he like, hello, I'm very small and homeless. <laughs> Can I please live with you? And she was like, my boyfriend disappeared. Yes, I need companionship.
1: It was not much different from that. So his neighbor was like, this is my relative, but I'm a busy man. Can you watch my child? And she's like, I'll ask my dad. And the he professor. was like, no, but okay. That's
2: her dad. The professor's her dad.
1: The detective is her dad. Yeah, oh, the damn it to
2: Okay. Let, <laughs> I'm just gonna be quiet for a little bit. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna learn no, please. more.
1: The professor is uh, Shinichi's neighbor, uh, who is like, this is my relative. Can you watch him? Because I'm a bumbling old man. I'll forget to feed it. And this episode, uh, not to go in sequence,
0: because this is out of sequence, but in this episode, the professor gives him his first of many gadgets. Yes. The voice changing bow tie, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I love, first of all, that he went to the trouble of like making a bow tie that looks exactly like the bow
1: tie that he was already wearing. Mm -hmm. One might argue that's the easy part of the invention. (laughs) (laughs) And when I was a kid, all I had was a yak back.
0: What's a yak back? You never had a yak back? No. Ew, what is it? It was like a little plastic fits in the palm of your hand toy Mm -hmm. and you would speak into it and it would record like five seconds and then you'd press a button and it could do different sound effects. Right. You'd be like, hey, yak back. And it would be like, hey, yak back.
2: That sounds like, it sounds number one, super lame. Number two, I'd have so much fun with it. Like I wouldn't stop (laughs) playing
0: with it. I would like have one and then lose it and then be like, I need a new one. (laughs) They were very small. (laughs) So, okay, so the first thing is he's waking up. We are told this is three days since he first became a, t- a child, and I just wanted to to start by like the passage of time on this show utterly ridiculous. he's gonna be a six year old child for a thousand episodes. They're gonna like go on vacations, solve lots of murders, and nobody ever ages or not have no several Christmases seems to pass. question mark yeah <laughs> but this is only three days later, so that's believable mm-hmm. and he is like so unimpressed with the detective that uh, Mori who he's staying at his place and n- many traits that we see of his in this episode, like him being a slob and also him being obsessed with the pop star who's the center of the episode, Yoko Okino, who is like not a too significant of a character, but apparently she appears in 53 different episodes of this show. <laughs>
2: Whoa, that seems like a lot for a character that was... Like a like an okay pop star in this <laughs> first episode that she appears in.
1: Right, we don't actually see any evidence in this episode that she's a pop star. We're just they didn't show us. They just told us.
0: I think we there, she's like singing in the background on a on a like a billboard towards the end. Yeah, of the there's like a
2: projection of her on a big screen somewhere, and the uh, I'm not gonna know anybody's names. The girlfriend, the high school girlfriend, is like, I'll never be as strong as her, and l- little boy detective dude, is like, don't worry. And then she doesn't. <laughs>
0: she ceases to
2: worry. She's like, all right, you're right. I should calm down. I should not file a missing persons report, and I should calm down. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Your delivery of that, Siobhan, was perfect, although some of it was like, in the facial expression you made while pausing. <laughs> <laughs> was was so good. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm.
2: thank you. The art of my face is lost over podcasts. <laughs> when people are like, why don't you do a podcast? Or why don't you start one? I'm like, it's all in the face, baby. <laughs> the moneymaker. This confused square.
0: Each listener gets to
1: picture your face, mm-hmm. like the way they think. Oh,
2: that's right. Everybody can fill in their own blanks. I'm very beautiful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh wait, Noah. Before we get too far, I want—I do want to point out a very important piece that I noticed at the beginning of the episode, which is box by box. I don't I don't know. He went to brush. He went to brush his teeth and he stood on a box and on the corner of the box, it said box with an exclamation point. (laughs) So so I just wrote down box by box.
2: We got to put in the product placement where you can, you know, (laughs) get that box money.
0: Are you suddenly a six year old? Are you no longer able to reach the sink box by box? In the, in the discussion of, like, him being shrunk to a six-year-old, I was thinking, so we the next scene is him in elementary school, and he is, like, so bored because he is learning, like, basic math again, and he's also, like, a super genius. And, you know, often people are, like, wistful or nostalgic for being kids, and there's this idea of, like, Ugh, if I could just be a kid again, how nice would that be? But also, like, would you really want to go to elementary school again? Would you really want to, like, be told when to go to bed? I don't know. What do you think? A, pros and cons, would, would you be 6 years old again if you could.
2: I would not choose that to happen to me. Uh that doesn't sound like fun that doesn't like my my freedom I think has come freedom plus bills. So there's a little little bit of like give and take there. But my freedom has come with my, you know, ability to age and grow and learn more and to apply it into my everyday life. That's fine. However, if against my will I was transformed by the men in black to be a six year old again. I would try to do all the things that I wish I did when I was six with my adult brain, like <laughs> to talk back to adults. I don't know. I have like <laughs> this like weird ego trip where they'd be like, you need to do this, and I'd be like, Prove it. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Or try to if somebody was really mean, like a kid was mean on a playground, I'd be like, Well, your parents are getting a divorce, so because <laughs> I would understand those nuances. I would bully a lot of people. I, guess. I would use my powers for evil. I would wake up every day and choose violence.
0: Is that the secret origin of like the schoolyard bully? They're just an adult who's been time travelers. Yeah, oh. who's been trapped in their younger body, and that's why they're so mean to everyone.
2: Here's the thing: if time travel exists at any point in time, it already does. So, could be true. They're already here. They're already here. They're among we, we've us. We've already
1: traveled. I mean, they've already traveled back in time. It's already Rick, happened. What was
2: that? What did you say? <laughs>
1: I think that living out your entire childhood again, no matter what the circumstances, would be insanely boring. But I would like a version of, like, if anyone's familiar with the movie Butterfly Effect, where you just, like, pop back for, like, a second to, like, the, the moment you hate, and then come back, and that moment is changed because you fixed it. I'd do that to, like, the 20 bits from, like, first through eighth grade that I, like, wake up at 3 a.m. being like, ah, That time I had a pencil in my nose! <laughs> just undo those!
2: <laughs> then isn't like the the outcome like that Ash, Ashton Kutcher goes through is that he's also at some point an amputee that it, it's like you can fix something but the butterfly effect could be like yes you're back home and everyone you love is has been disappeared and you're like well I wish I didn't go back in time to fix my pencil
1: okay fine I guess I won't fix my past
2: no it's okay I said I was gonna go back in time and bully everybody like you're, you can That's do whatever what... you want <laughs>
0: well um to our listeners uh you can totally weigh in on this issue let us know you know if you if you had the option to become a six-year-old again and live and live again as a child would you uh you can let us know at dying podcast at
1: com. or if you are uh or you want to lie and say you are uh tell us about that and i'll read it on the air so the other thing that happens at the schoolyard is
0: the anime is really pushing the characters of Genta, Ayumi, and Mitsuhiko, who d- didn't appear in this story arc in the, co- in the manga, but they're worked into the-, the episode for television. And I just like how he ditches them so quickly. It's the-, the three kids, Genta, the one who is larger and likes to eat, Mitsuhiko, who is like the brainy one, but brainy for an actual six-year-old, yeah, and Ayumi, who is the girl, that's her main
1: characteristic
0: (laughs) that's yep that's her main characteristic they've given her (laughs) and they want to be his friend and he just ditches them
2: i love the fact that he ditches them and i get it because if i was an adult in a six-year-old's body i'd be like i do not i do not want to be friends with you at all but i love their determination to be friends with him more than anything like these kids (laughs) later on they're in an alleyway in the dark. Like, where are their parents? Like, who, where's anybody? <laughs> who cares for them? Because they're, they decide to tail him for the sole purpose of, and this is the want, this is the desire of these characters, to be his friend. And what's driving that? Why are you out so late at night willing to, like, put yourself in danger? Go into a stranger's trunk and then, like, I don't know, follow. They have each other. There's three of them. They have each other. They have likes to eat, brainy and girl. That's like enough for them
0: <laughs> to find
2: friendship within each other. I don't know why they want this other person. Maybe I'll find out more listening to more of your anime intricacies throughout the rest of the podcast.
0: They definitely have some of the most absent parents in anime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm. I feel like they frequently climb into the trunks of cars.
2: Why? Oh, my God. That
0: And uh, we were just watching one of the newer movies. Maybe, like, movie number 23 or something. Is that the one where they were bizarrely fashionable? Uh, Well, yeah, you were... Mike was caught up on their, like, very fashionable outfits that the children were wearing. (laughs) But I was caught up on the fact that, like, they went on a trip um, across Japan with Conan and the professor and the detective. And it's like, they've gone on trips with with these before, and there's always a murder. Like How many times do you you send your six year old over to his friend's house and he encounters a murder before like you're not allowed to go over to that friend's house anymore?
2: Right. One is too many, I feel. (laughs) Uh, If I were a parent, I'd be like, well, I wouldn't be like, well, let's see. One is, you know, a fluke. Twice is a coincidence, but three times is a pattern. (laughs) Like, we can't have you go over there anymore. I feel like it would be one and done.
1: No, I don't forget the time they cooperatively piloted a drone to fly a bomb out of the city. Yeah, that's another recent movie.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. The fate of
1: thousands of lives lied in the hands of their video game skills.
2: (laughs) I feel like I have one ridiculous thing to, like, take note of. Like, the stairs, but also there's a blimp jumping. And it's like, oh, these kids go in the back of a trunk, but wait until they commit a war of terrorism, (laughs) an act of terrorism. Oh, my God.
1: We have seen a lot of this. Um, Yeah, I mean that's the thing. If you're around for a thousand episodes and like 25 movies, there's just there's power creep. Just escalates and escalates.
0: Um, The (laughs) nice thing about this episode and what we're going to start to talk about now that we are like halfway through our podcast episode, more (laughs) or less, is the murder mystery, which is like nice and self-contained. And apart from all the like continuity stuff that you had questions about, like who these characters are, did you follow the murder mystery as we start to talk about it?
2: Yes. So I. I think it it was all located in one place, which I think is super easy to have it be more cohesive. Uh, With that being said, having so many people at an active crime scene (laughs) muddies the crime scene. Like, I'm not a professional crime lady, but everything that I know from, like, SVU and Law & Order is like, don't touch anything. Don't let anybody go in there. And everybody's just, like, hanging out, looking at (laughs) stuff. I know that Conan's a famous 17 year old detective and they should give him credit for that but he's also like a six-year-old kid in their eyes and he's just like walking around touching stuff (laughs) yeah there's a lot of people in there the kids are there the Mm -hmm. dude the the taller dude who likes to eat food he gets knocked out twice nobody gives a shit (laughs) um he has a concussion the adults could care less they're trying to solve the murder and i feel like the once you find out what happens, it's pretty straightforward. But up until then the detective and the other detective there, the one that looks like the hamburglar, just keep jumping <laughs> to conclusions. So you're just watching people jump to conclusions until finally Conan's like, I know what happened.
0: Yeah, so well we'll get to we'll get to the apartment and we'll meet Megare again, who's the hamburglar. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Right, so but but there is a moment like we can't skip the scene where the pop star Yoko goes to uh, Mori's detective agency and recruits him because when he first opens the door, he is like, you know, he's all stubbly, his clothes are wrinkled, he's probably mm-hmm. been drinking, and he does not want a client, so he opens the door and he's like, "Sorry, we're closed." And then he notices who she is. He
2: becomes tuxedo mask. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Basically. They all watch him walk into a closet. It's very cartoony. There's, It's like, you know, like bumping, bumping, bumping in the closet. And then he comes out with a rose and clean shaven, nice suit. Sparkles everywhere.
2: He's like, you look like you're in distress.
0: And then she's like, someone is stalking me. And it's like, uh, yeah, this guy. Anyway.
2: Right. Like He's such a creep. From the beginning, he's a creep about this pop star. Yes. And she is going to him because somebody's creeping on her. And so she ends up asking, like, probably the worst person. And he's, like, outraged that somebody would be following her around. Meanwhile, he's, like, ogling over her poster in his office. Like, I don't understand.
1: Well, it's like the old expression goes, set a thief to catch a thief, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did anybody else write down what, like, she complained about when she complained about a stalker? Furniture moved inside her apartment, photos were being sent to her, like someone was taking photos of her, and she was getting anonymous phone calls. So just kind of like textbook uh, what happens when someone is being stalked. And he not only asks for her address and phone number, but he also makes her give him an autograph.
2: Right? She's already signing stuff, and she's terrified about people exploiting her for her popularity, perhaps, to get closer to her to cause her harm. And he's like, could you sign this for me? It would mean so much.
0: I love the in, uh, music throughout this episode. Like the music in this early part of this series is just so good. I don't know if anybody noticed like this, sm- the smooth jazz that comes in when they start to investigate. <laughs>
2: yes. I, it felt very, um, what's it called? Like Humphrey Bogart, like having the, mm-hmm. the s- smooth jazz, like the saxophone in the background for like the, the city at night. There's a little bit of rain. The children are in the alleyway. Nobody cares about them. <laughs> that kind of feel. <laughs> the atmosphere
0: and everybody ends up at her apartment Um, she's brought them over there to investigate the stocking case the three kids Mm -hmm. pop out of the trunk of the car and like run up the stairs behind them Mm -hmm. and but they open the door surprise it's a dead
1: body and boy, did everybody react like crazy. Like, everyone reacted so hard. I really just wanted, instead of finding a corpse, to just be like, she left her underwear on the floor and she was embarrassed that everybody saw it or something. Because everyone was like, huh, Ha! huh, oh, my God.
2: But all the detectives had that look that they were like, shing, detective mode,
0: <laughs> when they looked at the camera. There's like shots of them reacting and there's like lightning in the background. Yeah. Everyone was so shocked. Yeah. <laughs> And this is, this is when the police arrive. There's like a quick cut. We mm-hmm. see police cars outside. The inspector, Megure, comes in. He's the hamburger.
2: Got it. Okay, cool. I will refer to him as such from here on out.
0: There's like very quick blink and you miss it backstory, which is that Kogoro and him used to work together when he, before he was a private detective. Mori was with the police. And he very much is like, uh, you were bad when you worked with me.
2: <laughs> Not excited to be in the same place as somebody who used to be maybe like a partner or work in the field with them.
1: Yeah. Megarae also notices at this point that it's very hot in the room and then nobody talks about it until it's relevant at the end of the episode.
0: Yeah, that's one of the clues um, that they kind of, there's this whole series of investigations, which is like goes back and forth between Mori accusing someone incorrectly, Conan noticing something and trying to get other people to notice it and like progress being made until they get to the end of the episode and, and all is revealed. You know what we didn't do? was talk about so there end up being three suspects but so far we've met two of them Mm -hmm. so the first of the suspects is yoko who is the pop star Mm -hmm. and visually i thought she actually was dressed kind of like a normal person and not dressed like a pop star well she's not performing
2: (laughs) i guess if i wanted to blend in or look normal or not be followed i might not be bedazzled either (laughs) <laughs> or whatever pop stars wear. It's just everything's bedazzled jeans that vets mm-hmm. in.
0: That's true. And then there's a man along with her who came to the detective agency, and that's her manager, um, Yamagishi. Mm-hmm. Just a general sniveling kind of subservient man. Yeah, they look around and here's some of the things. Here are some of the clues. So basically, the body is f- face down on the floor with a knife in his back. They uh, notice that the heater is on unusually high. There's some damp spots near the body. There's a chair standing upright, but everything else in the room has been disturbed. Everyone is shocked that the cause of death is the knife on his back. The knife belongs to Yoko. It was out of her kitchen. This is her apartment. Those are kind of the basic setups, and there's a couple other things that happen. The first is that the manager does a very obvious ploy to like slip and fall on the body to take something out of its hand. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah. That was... Like, I understand. Okay. I understand maybe wanting to, if you feel as though your friend is going to be in trouble, wanting to protect them. I don't know if I would protect somebody if, A, they could have been a murderer, or it meant that I had to get face to face with a freshly dead body. Like, I don't know (laughs) if I would have (laughs) that in me, but he just kind of does it. And I think that goes along with Mike's description of him as being kind of a more sniveling (laughs) <laughs> people pleasing type of person he might have felt as though he had to but it's very obvious and it's not graceful
1: and it's kind of gross <laughs> we also learn later that he's actually harboring a little bit of guilt over this whole situation and what he thinks happened as well so yeah um this was actually
0: a fear factor challenge that they cut for legal reasons where <laughs> contestants had to remove <laughs> evidence from a corpse's uh outstretched hand
2: on live tv
1: a hundred thousand dollars I guess I thought this line would mean something to me later, but like I just wrote as a line of my notes during this this whole scene, "'Twas a hair." I guess I thought that would mean more to me later. That's all I wrote about this situation. <laughs> we
0: see him grab something, and we don't know what it is, and he like tries to put it in his pocket, and he drops it, and Conan does this uh, very obvious thing where he like runs over and stomps it. Oh, yeah, on it. don't mind me, I'm a child, yeah. And that's when he picks it up and goes, aha, it's a hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: I think this goes back to my first point, which is these people shouldn't be there to begin with (laughs) nobody should be there with all this in mind the kids are still there one of them is still unconscious and nobody should be inside this even conan he shouldn't be inside the vicinity near the dead body at all these are terrible detectives first off the bat. I feel like if somebody's going to like mess around and take a hair, that's kind of on you for not making a blockade.
1: I don't know. We haven't even gotten to the parts where people have smoked in front of them in this apartment that isn't yeah. any of their apartment. <laughs> oh yeah, I lo- I love that. <laughs>
0: Two people Very nearly there. Um, (laughs) So one thing they talk about is who has the keys to the apartment. Um, Yoko has a set of keys and the manager also has a set of keys, but he lost his two to three days ago. So he claims it wasn't him. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm.
2: I mean, when I first heard that, I was like, that's a bunch of horse shit. But whatever, maybe it happened.
0: And then he uses his bow tie for the first time to get them to notice an earring under the couch. Like he makes an adult person's voice and it's just like hey i noticed something under the couch it's an earring
1: and nobody is like who said that where'd that voice come from right what adult man does that voice belong to i like to imagine there's some cop who wasn't even there that got promoted the next week for doing such a good job it's like i wasn't there but okay
0: And the earring belongs to another character, ikizawa Yuko. And you're right. It's like, they have her come to the crime scene, which is the apartment. Wouldn't they summon her to the precinct? Right. Well, or what, like talk what to her What I wrote the down phone? in my
2: notes was like, what's the budget for this show? Could they not afford to draw <laughs> a, like a police precinct? But that wouldn't, I mean, as much a sense that, as that might make in the real world, they might not have been able to entrap her into, or at least Conan entrapping her into being like, hmm, what? What is your relationship with this apartment in and of itself?
1: Yeah. Right, well, she, walked, she walks in and she's just an idiot like all over the place. Like, I'm going to do this thing that I wouldn't know about if I'd never been here before. I'm going to do this thing I would never know about if I hadn't been here before. She goes straight to the bathroom. <laughs> she
2: knows all about the Statue of Liberty. I'm, like that blew my mind. I was like, what an actual idiot.
0: <laughs> I love that, right? That's when she smokes in front of
1: children who shouldn't be here. So, like, I guess murder it's on everybody. Scene. Yeah, <laughs> she smokes in front of children at a murder scene in an apartment that isn't hers without asking. <laughs>
0: and she picks up what looks like a Statue of Liberty off the desk and uses it as a lighter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I did like this moment because Conan is just like, How did you know that it was a lighter if you hadn't been here? And both
1: Megare and Mori are like, Oh, he's right. How did she know that? <laughs> I feel like the uh, first case of the first Phoenix Wright game sort of stole this. Maybe. Uh, they had like a, sta- a thinker statue that was a clock, but you wouldn't know it was a clock if you looked at it because it just told you when you like pressed a button on it or something. I'm like, they, they got that from this episode. Way to spoil the first case in Phoenix Wright, Michael. It's the tutorial
0: case. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> still a good case, Larry Butts. So the, the thing about Yuko, though, is first of all, she is Yoko's rival. Mm-hmm. They both yeah. were pop stars, but Yoko is much more successful. But Yuko has—that's this—is what I'm talking about. She dresses like an anime pop star.
2: Yeah, she has that cape and has like fur or feathers coming down the side. She looks
0: awesome. She has earrings like the one she lost at the scene, but her coat was maybe a Dalmatian coat, and I'm wondering if this is connected to the upcoming film Cruella.
2: I think we—I think we solved that case. I think we just solved it right now. Uh, the answer is absolutely yes and i'm th- i'm not gonna check it on google i'm not looking it up i'm just gonna run with it this is truth for me now
1: i was going to just now say i think thought it was funny that she bought a replacement like an identical pair of earrings to the one that she lost in the apartment like what kind of weirdo loses a- an earring and then buys an identical pair knowing full well i did that like a week ago of course like, you I, do i literally did that exact thing so i don't <laughs> know why i was thinking that
0: <laughs> remember how many times i bought that same watch and then found the other ones of it that I had lost. <laughs> yep. Things about y- Yuko. So she's got long hair, kind of similar to Yoko's hair. And the superintendent thinks they saw Yuko come into the building. And that's pretty much it for Yuko. Now, there was one other moment of Conan like trying to talk to adults, which I thought was funny, which is the one where he's trying to talk to them. And Mori interrupts him, and Ayumi steps in.
1: And kicks him. (laughs) (laughs) She kicks him in the shin, and then he, like, chases her off screen. But that doesn't discourage them from keeping the children around from that point forward. No. There was the fun part uh, where, like, Conan couldn't get them to listen to what he was saying, so he just started, like, child complaining to get his point across. He'd be like, I've never been here! Where's the bathroom? (laughs) And all the detectives were like, oh my god, he's right! (laughs) That's a weird lighter. I wouldn't have known that was a lighter if I'd never seen it before. Hint, hint, you idiots.
0: <laughs> and I like later on, he'll be like, he'll, he'll know a fact about a poison or something and he'll be like,
1: I saw it on TV.
2: <laughs> I'm just a kid. Ooh. Shinichi
1: chan told me about it. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> that becomes a very famous one. <laughs> when he pretends to call himself on his cell phone and get the answers from himself.
0: <laughs> yep. So when they confront yuko about the weird lighter she does admit to something what does she say happened
2: uh she says that she has a friend that has one just like it and the, the detect the is like prove it and she's like i can't <laughs> uh, so she doesn't and i guess she admits to knowing the layout of the apartment because she had been in there she does some pretty frequent bionese into this poor <laughs> woman's apartment. <laughs> Um, but only to find scandals, to find stuff that she could put in the news to bump her competitor down a few pegs so she can get Mm -hmm. back out into the spotlight, which is fine and great, but she's still confessing this to police and nobody, (laughs) I know that this is a murder case, but nobody follows up on those B&Es and she has to have done like 10 to 20 of them. Um,
0: (laughs) But Yoko is clean. All she could find was a DVD box set of Scandal.
2: (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Her only sin is binging. <laughs>
0: um, but while Yuka was there, the man who was murdered attacked her. Yes. And that's how she lost her earring. Well, came after her. yeah. And I did think for me, this is, you know, I have seen this before. But I didn't exactly remember how this played out. And I was trying to remember which one of them did it. And it was at this point, I was like, it's probably not her. Because why would she say all that if it was actually her?
2: Right? Yeah, there's there's a lot of admission here. But if you're not guilty, if you're only guilty of breaking and entering a ton of times, why not just admit to that instead of murder?
1: They also do go so, so far as to say that although the corpse was also holding her hair. So like, yeah, maybe she would if she knew he ripped out her hair. I don't know. And then with this
0: is where we learn the identity of the victim, Fujie Akiyoshi, who is a 22 years old and was Yoko's high school boyfriend before he dumped her. Which he admits to,
1: I can't keep it a secret anymore. He was my boyfriend.
0: (laughs) Are you singing this song from the um, Young Frankenstein?
2: Yes. When I heard that, I was just like, I screamed it at the television because I was watching it with my partner. We were having a couple drinks and we were like, let's watch this anime. And we were having
0: a good time. (laughs) Did he have a good
2: time? (laughs) He did. He was um, as intrigued as he was infuriated. By oh, just no. the the miscarriage of justice that is this episode,
0: <laughs> you know, I think that uh, Yuko should try should apply to the. You know, she's not having much success. I think that not Yuko, having much sex, Noah. What do you know about her sex life? I think that Yuko, who's not having much success as a pop star, should try out for the miscarriage of justice pageant. <laughs> And when? No, where did you get that sash? <laughs> oh, that was so hard. It was so hard to make that joke. Oh man,
2: <laughs> it was worth it though, and it's not getting edited out. This—that's the linchpin of this entire
0: episode.
1: Because you control the editing, so we 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 can't make you do anything.
0: Just nope. keep referring to it, and then and then it has to stay. And uh, the last thing he notices is like an impression into the floor, like a little pit. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the the floor is dented a little bit.
1: Which thinking about that, like if anyone ever gets murdered in our apartment, like our floors have like, we have very old wood flooring and they have dents all over it. We're going to totally screw up anybody's deductions if somebody (laughs) gets murdered in our apartment. Well, you just have to go back to the records of the previous murder investigations
0: of murders in our apartment and see which um, dents were from those
1: murders. Okay, I'm going to go make a latex imprint of our floors just to help out in the future. I'll be right back. Well, what what will we do with the latex imprint of our floor? Like reproduce
0: it elsewhere?
1: <laughs>
0: yep. I'd be allergic
2: to it. I I have a latex allergy. Nobody needed to know that. <laughs> and it can't be edited out.
0: <laughs> Should we like make a latex mat of our floor that we can take with us when we travel so that like we can have our apartment floor anywhere? No.
2: Yeah, when I go on vacation, what I miss most is the floor. <laughs>
1: you know those people who travel with rugs? Someone probably does for some reason. Yeah.
2: I do miss my shower when I go other places. Even mm-hmm. if I'm spending the night somewhere else, I'm like, man, the shower is different. I hate it here.
0: Take the shower head and do some uh, plumbing when you get to the new place. <laughs>
2: that That's it. That's the answer. I'm running with it. I'm not looking it up. This is my new truth.
0: In future episodes, uh, Conan has a convenient gadget that uh, we'll tell you about that when we when we see it in a few episodes. That helps him knock people out, but he wants to reveal the solution to the murder, and so he needs to use someone else's voice. So what does he do?
2: In his attempt to get everybody's attention, once he once he's like, oh, I've I've solved it. I know what's going on. He's like, I need to knock out the detective, like the the dude. Um, I need to knock him out, and in doing so, he kicks. Because uh, I guess he's like super great at soccer or football Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. and he
2: kicks an ashtray to hit him lo and behold that kid that was unconscious for so long and nobody checked up on him he is like i'm gonna go to the bathroom because he just woke up and he gets knocked the fuck out uh, by this ashtray (laughs) and uh and nobody uh, again nobody cares but luckily for conan this ashtray ricochets off the wall and hits the detective in the back of the head causing him to sit down in order for him to weekend at bernie's him to get the information
0: out (laughs) he's lucky like with how dangerous that ashtray was he could have knocked out everyone in the room in one kick
2: right he's got a strong kick from what i understand he's got like a he's got a lot of football skills so he's lucky that he only knocked out two people and didn't kill anybody else
0: in the previous episode, he tried to kick something at someone and was like, ugh, it's too weak because I'm a six-year-old. But in this episode, he does it just fine.
2: Luckily, the detective sits down in a not well-lit chair and just <laughs> happens to have his eyes like slightly open, maybe? I don't know. He's very lucky.
1: Yeah, if Kogoro shaved his like dad mustache so that it wouldn't perfectly cover his mouth when his head tilts slightly down, this entire ruse wouldn't work anymore. No, but Conan goes right behind the armchair he, t- he
0: sets his bow tie which he's just gotten today and triggers all the settings to sound just like this man's voice <laughs> without testing it out pretty pretty solid yeah
2: he does a great job. he convincingly explains to everybody what has happened how it transpired
1: also though uh, I wasn't sad when Kogiro got knocked out like I wasn't feeling bad for him because he was this is the moment where he lights up the second at a crime scene in somebody else's home in front of four children's cigarette, which then, like, smolders in his hand the entire time he's unconscious. I'm like, that's not safe. Was Conan just trying to give him an ashtray
0: because he <laughs> lit a cigarette? Yeah, so so Conan, like, goes through the whole kind of, you know, the way a detective reveals a solution to a murder in one of these stories. So he, he rather than just saying who did it, he starts by explaining, it's probably not Yoko or Yamagishi, the manager or the pop star, because they came to the detective agency and brought him right to the apartment to discover the body and didn't have a good enough alibi to have, like, he would have had a better plan. Yeah. But he also says Yuko is innocent, who's the third person that could have done it. And so it wasn't actually a murder at at all. Plot twist. It was a
2: suicide!
0: But how?
1: Noah, if during dying... I'm sorry. Dying message challenge. I had only remembered this episode because he does it with a knifesicle. (laughs) (laughs) I you you just
0: spoiled that book (laughs) so hard for people that haven't read it yet. That's the best part of the book. Oh man, siobhan forget you heard that. I'm
2: trying. I can't. I'm trying to. You spoiled the phoenix thing that I was really going to get into, you spoiled com, whatever that was supposed to be, and now I don't feel like I can be part of these communities anymore. But try to stop me. You can't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so it it was clear that ice was involved, right? Because there was water on the floor and like little melted bits of- And they kept talking about how hot the apartment was, Yeah if someone turned the heat up and there's water on the floor, someone had used ice for something and then melted it. But he tried to stage it. So it looked like he was killed by Yoko because he, it was like, if she won't love me, then I'll take her down sort of situation. He had thought that Yuko, who rejected him earlier was Yoko. And so he was all upset and mad about that. And so naturally he had enough time to solidify the knife in a block of ice so that it was sitting on the floor with the blade straight up.
2: And he can just jump backwards from the chair, the only chair that wasn't touched, standing straight up, and he can do a little backwards cannonball, I guess.
1: You have to be riding on some crazy anger and frustration to to dive backwards and just like knife in the back, like. Ugh. What if you
2: miss a little bit? You don't die.
1: <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> yeah.
2: You
0: just get your shoulder or something. It does use gravity, so it's not like. St- st- it's it's different than stabbing yourself yeah, but like, I don't know anyway let's not... look I have never s- staged a suicide to look as a murder as evidenced by you being here <laughs> and I don't know if anybody ever has in real life but it sure happens a lot in these stories
2: <laughs> okay so did anybody else have the feeling that when they were watching this maybe for the first time when this is like new new to you that it's like oh yeah. this is just the ice block and the noose riddle but it's a knife block instead of, like, the ice block.
0: It's very similar (laughs) to that, for sure. Because
2: I saw that, and now I'm thinking, not that I haven't seen the show before, but I don't remember a lot of it, is this the type of show where the murders involved in them are, like, the answer to it? Like, me and my grandfather and his son were in a car, but there were four people in the car, and then, like, that's how, like, the murder gets solved. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes,
0: yeah. I mean, the one we just watched the other day was was like, it wasn't his daughter,
1: but it was his son. That's not a riddle. That's just two different people. <laughs> no, there is, the, there is the riddle. Yeah, it's but like, there's the riddle of like my, my, the doctor. So my
2: parent is a doctor, and they're in the thing. And it's like, your doctor has to be a man. It's like, that's my mom. <laughs> I explained it super well. Everybody else can go suck <laughs> it. Everybody else isn't Elon Musk.
0: It's a classic, uh, classic riddle, classic example of sexism. You'd think, like, once women be, were able to become doctors... Well, I guess the riddle doesn't work until women are able to become doctors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, it's
2: someday it'll happen. We just have to wait.
1: <laughs> that that same thing happened in that episode we were just talking about, because Kogoro goes to talk to the doctor, and he's like, hey, nurse. And she's like, I'm a doctor. Asshole. <laughs> Ooh, get it. <laughs> she's a, she's not an asshole doctor, though. Boy, we've we got to get out of these weeds. We're deep in the weeds. I think we have
0: pretty much explained all the big things in this murder. They do find the guy's diary where he talks about how sad he was the the victim of the Suicide that looked like a murder and so they're like oh this confirms every all the deductions that you just made and mega ray is like Oh my gosh,
1: maybe you are actually a genius detective This is how the internet makes our current society so much more convenient because if he had a sad twitter Instead of a sad journal, they could have (laughs) just googled it and they wouldn't have had to go all the way to his house Could have
2: the justification for it with the Hamburglar is at the end. He goes So that explains it. It was all one misunderstanding. It's like, no, there was somebody with a severe mental health problem that even if he did get in touch with his former lover, that doesn't mean that anything would be fixed. And that doesn't mean it would solve his depression in any way. Um, That just means like this, he felt, was like the only course of action for him. And the detective was like, what a nice clean bow to tie this all up in. It's like, no!
0: (laughs) I, I wrote down that quote. He said... It would appear this was a tragic story that consisted of lies, misunderstandings, and coincidence. And it is true.
2: But also, somebody is very dead, still.
0: Mm -hmm. This is a pretty common thing. Like, this was all what happened every week on Detective Academy Q, when we were watching that show. It would be like, oh, you murdered all these people because you thought you were dating this person, but actually you were dating this person. The reason for your murder was wrong. And And they're like, what? Oh what no. What a tragic figure I, I wish am. I hadn't yeah. done all those murders. <laughs> it's like you killed five people. You still killed five it's people. Not it
2: doesn't matter like if you thought the cause was just. You
0: still didn't. I didn't have to murder five people. No, you didn't. All you had to do was communicate a little bit more. <laughs> a couple wrap-up scenes at the end. The kids really
1: want to be friends with Conan. Yeah, with and Conan they're now. sure still like figuring out at this stage of the show how to draw Genta. Because in this scene he is just a triangle with ears, like Like, all over the place. He doesn't look good. Are they trying to make him look like a um, rice triangle? An onigiri? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't think about that. He does have, like, a constant, like, my mom shaved my head and she messed it up patch at the back of his head. Maybe that's supposed to be, like, I think that's from
2: all of his goddamn concussions because he already (laughs) had three from this one episode.
0: (laughs) You know... Maybe we should reevaluate whether or not we want to go back to be six-year-olds, like after we have seen what kind of danger wait, and traumatizing situations these
1: six-year-olds get into. If I go back to being a six-year-old, do I get a voice changing bow tie? That's critical. I don't know. This isn't podcast where we do hypothetical situations. Dude, never can I
2: wish for a 100 more wishes?
0: <laughs> what? Oh, my God. You know what would be like the worst existence ever? Like being stuck in a loop where you're like a high school kid and then you get de-aged to six and then you like go through puberty again until you're 17 and then you get shrunk again to be six and you just never get to be older than 17 because every time you become a teenager, you get turned back into a six-year-old. How terrible would that be?
2: That would be pretty terrible. I don't know. I'd probably, I'd have to do something. I'd commit crimes. I like know like this, there's this like dark side of me (laughs) that would be like, if I already am immortal, because that's what that means. You're immortal. And you know how the world works? I'd either probably try to do super good things, but have the opportunity to do super bad things. And I wouldn't put it past myself to be like, well, let's see how much money I can steal from a bank. Or I don't know. (laughs) Maybe something less worse yeah. or more worse. I don't know.
0: Mm-mm-mm. It would be terrible. That's a special kind of hell. And you uh, talked about it at the beginning when we were talking about Yoko, the scene at the end where like Ron sees the billboard and is like, oh my gosh, she's already out there being a pop star when this little thing happened to you. My boyfriend disappeared and I'm like a, a wreck.
2: Yeah, she's like, oh, I wish I could be as strong as her and- they're just holding hands, which is cute from, like, a perspective of this is uh, maybe, like, a high schooler, and this is somebody that she's babysitting, and they're holding hands walking down the street late at night. Yeah. As somebody who knows that this person has 17-year-old intentions inside of a 6-year-old holding his girlfriend's hand, I'm like, this is weird Um, for, for them. <laughs> it is weird.
0: It is weird. It's weird
2: because, like, she's missing somebody who's right there, and that sucks, and he can't tell her, and that sucks. But he's probably like, I don't want to hang out with other six-year-olds. I don't want to kiss you, but like we really can't. Like we <laughs> so can. <laughs> it's illegal to do this.
0: But he figures something out and like let's jump. Did you did you stick around after the credits? Absolutely yes. So in that post-credit scene, he starts his long trend of like a phone relationship because he can call her on the phone using his voice-changing bow tie yes. to talk to her as Shinichi. Yeah,
2: he uses the public telephone um, to give her a call and adjust the bow-, bow tie to his voice so that he can be like, hey, I know that you're worried about me. I'm just working a case. I'm going to be there soon. Like, I-, I miss you and stuff like that. And she can hear his voice and at least know that maybe he's not dead. And also for her not to get the inthor- the authorities involved more so perhaps. But also it's like, Still weird. Still weird for the six-year-old to be like, I miss you so much. I'm Like, I miss the way you are. I miss holding hands.
1: Like, oh. You haven't even seen an episode where she bathes him yet.
2: Oh, no.
0: <laughs> oh, what? I can't. I don't know well, if I'm allowed to watch I will it. say... <laughs> a lot of times when they have him talk about how much he loves her, they do the thing where like you see him as a high schooler in, in the background, background in, like a yeah. shadow form in the yeah. background to try maybe try to make it less weird. Um, I wrote down that this is the start of the shortest distance, longest long distance relationship because mm-hmm. they're like in a long distance relationship, but he's actually living like, in her home right
1: there. Uh, also, this is a good like almost no time has passed in this show; like he is still six a thousand episodes later. But technology has advanced rapidly in this this small child's lifetime. Because in this episode, he's on a a payphone. But like later episodes, he's got like a smartphone and they've got the internet. So it's like. Right. It's going to be a a lot harder to fool her when she's
0: like, well, can you send me a quick selfie? And he's like, no.
2: (laughs) Can I follow you on TikTok? No, you can't. (laughs) Okay. So when I are, maybe I shouldn't say this. I'm going to. Here we go. When he first was starting to talk with her on the phone, I was like, please just say I miss you and then get off the phone. Don't make it weirder. (laughs) Please. (laughs) And then, yeah, okay. Then that happened. I was like, all right, fine.
0: Well, they're not like, they're not technically a couple. What we saw in the first two episodes is that they were at that, that stage of a relationship in a television show or movie where they both like secretly love the other person, but they both pretend not to. Like the later seasons of The Nanny. Yeah. Oh,
2: got it. Yeah, just like in The Office with Jim and Pam, they can't really say what they're feeling. You two don't know what I'm talking about. But everybody else who's listening to this, <laughs> who knows The Office might. Yeah, speak,
0: speak directly to them. I'll take a sip of water.
2: So this is uh, classic end of season two, beginning of season three, The Office, Jim and Pam. And if, if you know, you know. <laughs> That's it. And if you don't know, then we're not friends.
1: And now, Noah, since you drank water while Siobhan was talking, I am now convinced Siobhan is not a puppet being controlled by you.
2: Because up until then, it was like pretty clear that
0: I was, right? (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's like I haven't seen them both talk at the same time. Hmm.
0: (laughs) Well, with virtual backgrounds and stuff, you just don't know these days. Um, Deep (laughs) fake. So... Michael, you told us a little bit about the ending song, um, right at the beginning. Any thoughts on the ending song? It's not as good as the opening song, but it's decent.
2: The the one thing that I wrote down, and it's not a verbatim pull from the lyrics, he says puzzle pieces grow. And what I think that means is like the puzzle pieces of this giant puzzle that is his existence right now, keep getting more and more and more. And like, what a terrible puzzle to like be like oh i think i'm done it's like no there's a whole other pile of pieces over here that needs (laughs) to be incorporated into this thing i was like that's i I like that little metaphor also some of it was in english because i was like i understood japanese no i didn't um they said the words (laughs) in english for like some of the beginnings of the of the little snippets of the song and i i don't know why but i don't know if either of you can enlighten me as to why there was some english in there
1: it's pretty common for random blurbs of English and also like some words in Japanese that have been incorporated from English just are the English words.
2: Oh, okay, cool. Right.
1: There's a lot There's a lot of um, the opening
0: songs that I can think of with there's Summertime Gone and Mysterious Eyes where they say those words in the course of singing this song.
2: Also, the ending credit song has him with a bunch more gadgets and like a bunch more kicking. Like I think he completely decapitates somebody that could be... <laughs> Not right. Maybe it was just a helmet. He but kicked his own like, empty oh, helmet. Yeah. he's yes. dead. He's not going to be in rush hour three.
0: <laughs> I couldn't remember whether these are legit clips or if they're just it clips is. for the ending. Is, yeah. But yeah, there's a bunch of action yeah, he shots. He kicked a, a, legit a motorcycle
1: helmet into a guy's face by bouncing it off of an open uh, trunk of a car.
2: God, I thought it was just a head. I was like, whoa, <laughs>
1: this show. <laughs>
0: I wrote down one lyric, which was "I was in the same place last week with different clothes." Hmm. Pretty song lyric. When I listened to that, it like I was like, "Oh yes, I can connect this to the the premise of the show
1: and what's going on." But now I can't. So, but, uh, I but also, know. I am very frequently in the same place I was last week while wearing different clothes. It's <laughs> called changing my. I clothes. I mean, that's all we right? do right now.
2: <laughs> I went to work. We change in- our clothes. <laughs>
0: And then of course at the end we get the next Conan's hint which is a hint to like solve the next episode. Next Conan's hint. Sorry. I got excited. Neon sign. Um however, um first of all, next week we're not covering an episode of Detective <gasps> Conan. And also when we come back to Detective Conan, we're skipping episode 4 and going straight to episode 5. What? There's a couple reasons for that. Um we're going to be kind of doing a selection of episodes and not going all the way straight mm. through. Because um like a joy in So them. yeah. Yeah, and you know, the next one is like the, this treasure hunt across the city. It's not my favorite. It's a very heavy um focus on the children, the detective boys. And we boys. hate children on this podcast. No, no that's <laughs> not. Suck what it, I'm children. Saying. Suck it.
1: <laughs> Go hang out with the high schoolers, God. idiots.
2: You Elon Musk's. All right. <laughs> I think I've beat this dead horse to, to death.
0: Michael, can I ask Siobhan a question? No. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Can I get in here with a nope. question? Go ahead. So, how, like, what was the experience like of watching this in that, was it nostalgic for you um, from the point, so first of all, from that point of view of, like, you've seen some of these episodes before. And the second episode is just as a piece of media in itself. Um, do you want to, like, did you enjoy it? Would you watch more? That sort of thing.
2: I think I definitely would watch more. It reminded me, because because I have seen it before, it reminded me of those times where I did see it and when I first watched it I was younger Uh, I was probably like 10 11 12 so I sided more with the kid side of it and I think that happens with us with movies like when you're watching a movie you side with the kids when you're younger and then you you know tend to gravitate towards the adults when you have more adult experiences and this time I was just watching it like this this is so irresponsible but I'm here for it I'm still having fun I don't know if I would watch it. I think I might watch it dubbed if I could to continue just because the or maybe it's because I don't have enough information that I would have to watch it from the beginning and keep going or keep like a list of names or something like that, Um, which sometimes I have to do when listening to the the Japanese and then reading subtitles. I'm like, I have to give characters names, put names to faces and stuff like that. But I might just like wimp out and just do the dub and be like, yeah, that's fine. You do the work for me, America.
1: At least the, the names in uh, Detective Conan aren't quite as difficult as the names in Inuyasha. There's no Sishomaru running around. No, uh, yes. <laughs> like, I don't know, Maru. I don't remember any of the names. They're all very long and, and complicated. <laughs> but
2: overall, I think this is like a super fun show and it's silly and it's a serious matter with silly things. Also, it's a cartoon. So I think it's fun.
0: How did you feel about the murder mystery? Like, do you feel like we got enough clues to figure it out before they told us? And were you satisfied? Or was it frustrating? Or what? I
2: think we got enough stuff. I would have maybe the thing that was frustrating is I would have liked the either one of the adult detectives to be more better at their job in order to do this. But because it's all coming from this one person's Conan's perspective, I'm like, oh, I could piece that together. If he was the 17 year old famous detective, I'd be like, I if I listened to him, I'd be like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Also, at the end, I was like, this is this is like that ice block riddle. So I definitely would be able to follow along.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think one of the differences between like a general difference between the um dub and the subtitle in the original audio is doesn't the dub do a lot more voiceover like when in the dub when we hear his thoughts we hear his teenage voice and in the original japanese version when we hear his thoughts we hear his child voice Mm
2: -hmm. yeah that's that's one thing that i remembered is i was like i'm hearing more kid voices and not to be like this but like i hate the sounds of, like, kids being super precocious. I'm like, oh, right. yeah, right. As if you know. But, you know, he did, so.
1: To be fair, Conan is played by a grown woman. She just is playing a child. <laughs> so I'm just taking a quick look
0: at the very, uh, very exhaustive wiki that exists. They note that this is the first case of death by stabbing, which is like, yes, this is episode three. <laughs> of course, it's the first one. They also point out this is the first case of suicide and suicide disguised as a murder. So this is going to recur of like a suicide disguised as murder. It happens a lot on this show, I feel like it. Not a lot of other big, big shockers here, but, you know, some stuff being introduced. I think the most notable thing to happen this episode is the introduce, introduction, introduction, introduce, introduceability of the uh,
1: bow tie. This wiki-, wiki is supposed to be like comprehensive and it doesn't even mention this is the first time uh, that anyone was concussed by an ashtray on the show. Come on. No, but it does point out this is the first time that Conan solves a
0: case using uh, Kogoro's voice. Ooh! And it, it notes there that he's knocked out by an extra. <laughs> I want to real quick. We don't. We don't have. Okay, this is this is this is the part of the show where I might read an email that we got. We don't technically have an email because I didn't receive this in this hot tip in an email. But if you have information on stuff we've watched or you've got questions or comments or whatever, send those to us at dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com. We won't read. We we're not promising to read everything because you know we don't know what weird stuff you're going to send us. Send us
1: weird stuff, though. Send it weird. Make but, it weird. Uh, we probably will. <laughs> Make it weird. <laughs> Tell us about how you live in your girlfriend's house, but she thinks you're missing, and you lie to her by pretending your own voice. A couple weeks ago, I want to say on episode 32,
0: uh, Ryan T Barlow joined us for the first step for the we watched episodes two and three of Moriarty the Patriot, and he was like, "I'm going to finish this show," and I was like. Well, get back to us. So he finished watching this show. Um, Siobhan, this is a show where there are three are um, <laughs> a- <laughs> like anime boys. They're all pretty. They're and very pretty. They are, yeah. they are committing c- crimes in Victorian London with the express purpose of destroying the class system of oppression because they think the class system is in- unjust.
2: That sounds like a fucking show. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's weird. (laughs) So Ryan says it was interesting to watch the show. Moriarty sees Sherlock Holmes, like he's manipulating Sherlock Holmes to expose his crimes because that's part of his plot to bring down the upper class. And Sherlock knows that Moriarty is behind everything and is just like caught in this cat and mouse game. He says it ended a bit abruptly, um, which makes sense because he just watched season one and season two is just airing right now. And he thought it was interesting and clever, not very suspenseful, and it just kind of felt like everything was going to work out. So he did. He he told us he was going to watch it all, and then he watched it. So I don't know if we have to.
1: Great, done.
0: Um, Siobhan, we are. This is airing in mid-May, but we're recording this a little bit earlier, so um i today is not your birthday
1: (laughs) no (laughs) what a rude thing to say without context noah that was before we started recording (laughs) no
2: that's okay everybody says it they're like hey what's going on today is not your birthday and don't don't, don't forget it
0: Uh, the best kind of inside jokes in a podcast are the inside jokes between the podcasters but not what that they've shared on the podcast
2: I want to ostracize the audience as much as possible. Let's just make that very clear (laughs) up front.
0: So Siobhan, this is not your birthday. Audience member, it's probably not your birthday either. But uh, like it might be fun for people to catch your improv or your stand up or I've also seen you make some pretty funny like um, videos.
2: Yeah, I like doing sketch videos. I mean, I'm just doing them for me. I'm kind of I feel like we're all hitting this kind of this wall in quarantine or self isolation whatever level of that we're still doing um I'm bored so just making little videos uh daddy issues that's the improv team that I am part of and Mike is also part of
1: Daddy issues what's that Daddy <laughs> issues
2: we are an improv team we're local to Philadelphia we are doing free shows every 3rd Friday of the month and if you would like to donate while you're watching you're more than welcome to on um, give me me a coffee. Share with me coffee. Buy me
1: a coffee. Buy me a
2: coffee.
0: (laughs) Today is my birthday, so purchase a coffee.
2: Please.com. And it's just us having fun online come check us out. This week is that week, so this Wednesday daddy issues. Oh, well, it doesn't matter if we're doing this so much later. <laughs> in it's May, the third but...
1: Thursday. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. For third Friday, third okay, Friday. Okay, here's the thing. If you are listening to this in the
0: first few days when this episode was released. So if today is like May 17th of 2021 or the 18th or the 19th. This coming Friday, There should be a show on Friday, the 21st of May.
2: But you can also check out Daddy Issues Facebook page and also on we're on Instagram, too, at Daddy Issues Improv. Check us out there. I'm also, uh, fingers crossed, going to be doing some more stand up in the city this coming summer with the weather getting better and being able to do more outdoor shows with keeping masks on and maintaining social distances, uh, doing fun things that are safe. You can uh, follow my little videos that I do on Instagram at Siobhan Rose, Rose spelled R-O-I-S, 91, on TikTok at Siobhan Rose 91 also. I'm sure if you just type in Siobhan, there's only like, there's got to be like, what, five of us ever. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> you'll
1: find me, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> But yeah.
1: Are there any famous Siobhans?
2: Oh, there's the one that was on American Idol.
1: The awful woman my father married is named Siobhan. <laughs>
2: It's me. I don't <laughs> Go to your
0: room. Thanks so much, Siobhan, for uh, taking a blast of the past and watching this episode with us.
2: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. This is super fun. It was nice to um, look at anime, a detective anime, with a critical eye and a whole bunch mm. of confusion.
0: <laughs> they go hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> So addressing our listeners briefly, uh, next week we'll be covering Catrielle Layton episode one. Oh, that's not actually the, do you know the full title of the anime, Michael? It's an anime from the like spin-off sequels of the Professor Layton games, if you've
1: heard of those or played those. Um, it's more of a kid's show. It's pretty silly and fun. The full title of the anime is the Layton Mystery Detective Agency, uh, Catriel's Mystery Solving Files. So we're going to do episode one of that. Um, if you can uh, join us for
0: that, it's going to be pretty fun. Thank you again for listening. Best way to support the podcast is to go to Apple Podcasts, if that's where you listen, and give us that rating slash write a comment or review. You can be honest and let other people know if you enjoy the podcast so that they can find the podcast and know that it's worth listening to. Keeping in touch with us is real easy, because you can just go on Facebook, Dying Message Podcast, or at Dying Message Pod on Twitter, and you'll always know when our new episodes are coming out, and um, always send us those thoughts that you have to DyingMessagePodcast at gmail.com. Also looking for, you know, recipes, um, copy pasta, whatever you want to send us.
1: Please copy all of your pasta and send it to us.
0: Okay. This would be like one of the rudest weeks ever for us to not address your mystery, because we we, we, tant- we tantalize people at the beginning so i gotta ask so goodbye
1: everyone bye (laughs) see you later
0: (laughs) (laughs) no mystery of the phantom pooper (laughs) what happened
1: all
2: right so the name is grand the event is small i had this is when i first moved into the apartment that i'm currently in and during the colder months for sure there's definitely going to be some mice that make their way into the house it's not a big deal um they're trying to get in from the cold, just like everybody else. And as long as they're not making too much of a hassle, then, you know, it's fine. We keep food away. And it was the end of the cold months getting into the warmer months. And all of a sudden I kept seeing all like this mouse poop, like on the table, like on everywhere. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen one in so long because they usually leave when it's nicer out. So I put on gloves and I used sanitizer and I cleaned everything up and I was like, "Hopefully that doesn't happen again." And it happened again, much to my chagrin. So I'm like, "I have to I don't want to buy traps, but I have to go out and buy traps." And nothing, I haven't heard anything. Nothing was catching any mice. I was doing the whole like put cheese or peanut butter on the traps to try to catch them, and this had been going on for like a month now. So all these little droppings were happening. But I couldn't find or hear any mice. I even left out bread on the counter to be like, if it's nibbled, then maybe I can see like what's going on and nothing. Uh, It turns out that my boyfriend in the morning uh, at the time, he's now my fiance, if he hears this, (laughs) oh my God. He was making big breakfasts before he left at 5am and they were all caraway seeds from rye bread that he
0: kept making
2: a mess with in the dark making breakfast so it wasn't a mouse and it wasn't poop it was caraway seeds and i'm so impressed it's
0: it's the kind of thing where like he'd make the mess and leave you'd wake up and clean it Mm -hmm. and then like he'd come in the next day and make the mess again
2: yeah (laughs) we didn't discuss it. i'd be like i think there's another mouse in here he's like i haven't seen anything (laughs) okay Whatever.
0: Do you think when he was preparing his meals, he was like dressed in a giant mouse suit?
2: A hundred percent. There's no doubt about it. I think he was just mocking me. Honestly, he was like, she's gonna think this place is disgusting. And for a while I was like, should I contact my landlord? Like, is is this something where is there like a nest somewhere? Because when it was winter, it would just be like one or two little mice scurrying around. I'd be like, well, what are you gonna do? And I was like, this mouse, if it's one mouse, it's shitting for ten. <laughs> I don't know
1: what to do. We actually didn't want to say anything, Siobhan, but he has appeared in the background of your webcam during this recording many times in a mouse costume, just sort of giving the deuces and peeping <laughs> out. So,
2: <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick his ass.
0: <laughs> I'm just imagining like if you called an exterminator and the exterminator comes in and looks around and is like, oh yeah, I see what's going on here. Your boyfriend is
1: making is, is, is making sandwiches with rye bread. These are caraway seeds. We see this a lot. <laughs> that, I, that's not the direction I thought you were going to go with that. I thought you were going to say he, he, the exterminator came in and killed her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I found the culprit. He's dead. <laughs> and I murdered him. <laughs>
2: I was also just so embarrassed that I like couldn't like notice the difference. I don't know. I was like well, clearly. Not like you this go and poop. like
1: taste the mouse poop, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm nope caraway seeds right i wouldn't thank you okay i feel better <laughs> you should check the uh the
0: packaging of the rye bread and see like what the ingredients are because i could just imagine on the package like now with 50 percent less mouse poop wink wink <laughs> you know what that is the cereal uh oops all mouse poop <laughs> oops <laughs> gross <laughs> or or even just a rye bread packet that's like oops all caraway seeds
2: <laughs> just a <laughs> giant sack of caraway
0: seeds and that closes the case on this week's dying message the detective anime mystery podcast episode 35 in which we repeatedly take elon musk's name in vain podcast cover art created by miriam bloom music excerpted from solve the damn mystery by jesse spillane thank you again to our mystery guest siobhan o'hara Coming up, how does a man lose his entire family inside his house? When is a mystery like Emile Foy? Does anyone really own a dumpster? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that
1: fatal note The Dying Message. A typical flex on this anime's part is to like equate a high schooler to an adult. Which is not how any adults in the real world see high schoolers. They are baby children, and they are idiots. (laughs) Uh, Sorry to any high school listeners. You're great. You're like the suck at high school listeners. You're the one good one. Oh no.
2: (laughs) All you Elon Musk's out there.
0: Oh boy. You know, I was gonna say. Well, back when I was in high school, listening to podcasts. I think there probably were podcasts when I was in high school, but
1: they weren't as big of a deal.
2: They were on the radio.
1: Yeah, I think I heard the words podcast, and I was like, what is that? I don't have an iPod. Okay, bye. Yeah, right. When you literally, like, the only people listening to podcasts were the
0: iPhone users. Those who had a iPod. Pod. touch. Yeah, iPod touches were big when I was in high school. Um, Like the game with the ice cream, anyone? I had a nano. No. The falling ice cream? I had a nano. That's it.
2: I got my first razor my junior year of high school. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it.
0: I never had a razor, but they were popular. mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm.